Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 190. My name is Josh, and today we have a very special guest. We have an actor, voice actor, um, probably the closest we're ever going to get to Raul Cooley. It is Mr. Adrian Petra. How you doing, Adrian? Good, man. How you doing? Not bad. So yeah, you're you're the closest that we're gonna get to uh, Raul. So, um, oh, thanks thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'll, I can beat that for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. uh, so, Adrian, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just for uh, people that may not be familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, sure. Uh, I am an actor slash voice actor slash um, meat popsicle. Uh, and uh, I have, uh, yeah, I've done over the years, if you want to talk voiceover, uh, I was the voice of Tony Stark uh, in uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures, um, Shoe in Beyblade, uh, Commander Gren in Dragon Prince, Adam in The Hollow. Uh, what else? Lego Jurassic, Ninjago, um, lots of Slug Terra. There's going to be a lot of things I forget. Yeah. I'm not going to list my whole resume, but there you go. Uh, and then uh, in film, I've I've had the pleasure of uh, of having some fun in uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Van Helsing and uh, all all sorts of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's me. Mm-hmm. And you're located in Vancouver, correct? That is correct. Okay, so I had uh, Jesse and Raquel on yesterday to do a Dragon Prince episode. So how how close is where you live in Vancouver to what goes on in Letterkenny? Uh, oh, pretty far, I think. <laughs> pretty far. We're, we're, this is like, we're in like yuppie town here in Vancouver. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so this is where all the yuppies live. And, uh, and yeah, Letterkenny is... Uh, is that is that like the is that the image of Canada now abroad? Yes, yes, basically yes. Like uh it's it's one of those uh like like did you ever watch King of the Hill? Yes, of course. Okay, so yeah, so it's one of those like that's what a lot of people think Texas is. Right. Yeah, it's like nah, that's like nothing like Texas. It's like, <laughs> oh really? I, 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 I'm from I'm from Oklahoma, so like we're just like you know, we're 30 minutes from like the capital in Dallas. Right. I mean, not that 30 minutes, three hours. That's that would be even insane. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, we're not that far from the middle of Texas. And right. it's one of those like, so I spent a lot of time in Texas growing up. And it's always one of those things where it's like people that will watch King of the Hill and be like, oh, yeah, that's what like this, like Texas and Oklahoma, New Mexico, like that southern area. That's what that is. It's right. just like King of the Hill. And it's like, no, not really. That's definitely a caricature of what that is, but one of my friends uh, in Austin, uh, Tony, he actually, you know, introduced me to Letterkenny, and I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, this is what I want all Canadians to be like. Yeah, totally. And before Letterkenny, it was Trailer Park Boys. Yep, Trailer Park Bizarre. Boys. Mm-hmm. Both hilarious shows, by the way. I love them. But yeah, no, unfortunately, in Vancouver, we're, uh, yeah, uh, we tend to like our, our Starbucks and our Lululemon, and, uh, and uh, nah, I, that's a... That's a whole bunch of people are gonna hate that I just said that. That's that's not totally true, but that's if we're talking stereotypes. Yeah, we're very West Coast. We're the California of Canada. Nice. Do you guys have plastic straws? Uh oh, they're they're going the way of the dodo. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting on their way out. plastic straws because of turtles. Yeah. And Which you like, know what hmm. I I love turtles are my favorite animal. So like if there's anything I can get behind, it's uh it's let's let's get the straws out of the turtles. 
I mean, we can also educate the turtles not to use the straws. You, I mean, I'm also wondering. Okay, what are they doing with the straws up their nose? Are they are they doing lines? Like, what's the? I think I think there's probably like there's got to be some sort of like what's like the cocaine of the sea? Is that like <laughs> so, is that like yeah. krill? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like you know maybe we do need to ask a, li- a few. Qu- we're giving you know a little too much of the benefit of the doubt to the turtles, but uh, no, I take that back. Turtles are uh, turtles are amazing, and we must protect them. I agree, protect them, yeah. turtles. Um, so, uh, so Adrian, um, let's, let's kind of get into it. So, um, well, first off, let, let's deep dive it here. What were you like growing up? Like, were you, were like, were you watching anything good? Like, were, were you an outside player? Were you an inside player? What good was little, question. what was little Adrian? Like, did you have like PF flyers like running around? I was born on a stormy Wednesday in Toronto. Uh, no, we're not going to go that far back. Um, but as a kid, I was, uh, I was a jovial kid. I was outgoing. Um, I was terrible at sports, although I did like being outside. But I was uh, I was never, and to this day, I'm just not really skilled with any sort of uh, a sport. Um, but uh, I I loved my cartoons. Surprise, surprise, um, and uh, movies in general. I I'm a cinephile. I as a kid, I was um, I just loved watching movies. So. Uh, you know, obviously, when I was really little, it was the, the all the Disney classics and that. But um, Star Wars, uh, I, I, you know, stick the VHS in, you know, a couple times a week, and I would just sit there and just with my jaw on the floor. Um, and that's pre-special edition. I'm talking here. I'm talking oh, yeah, the, the good ones. VHS. Yeah, the ones that had uh, what was it? Uh, was it the one with the, it was either like Ebert or Ropert, and they were like interviewing George Lucas at the beginning right. of the VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had those. Yeah. Yeah, it was the uh, what was it? the THX re-release. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. um, and they I think they just remastered it, but they didn't add anything yet. Um, but anyway, so I, I mean, I was all about Star Wars, and uh, um, and I had uh, the one thing I can say about myself for sure is that I just had uh, a real imagination. I I love to play and 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 role play, and and sometimes you know I'd I'd wake up and. And I would take on a role for that whole day. So, you know, it's a star you're talking Star Wars rather than just say, oh, I'm Luke Skywalker. I would make up my own character name. Uh, and, you know, this is like essentially role playing, but I didn't know what role playing was at the time. And the whole day I would look at the whole day through the lens of this character like I'm a rebel spy. And, you know, if we're at the grocery store with my mom, I'd be like looking over the, you know, over the fruit to see if there's any stormtroopers, you know, coming down on me nice. or whatever. Um, so I was super, I was super imaginative as a kid and, um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was my thing, man. And actually, you know, on that note, I remember a story my mom used to always tell me was that, uh, I think it was in kindergarten, uh, the teachers actually pulled my mom in after class one day and said, um, you know, we're really concerned. Um, all Adrian talks about is, um, is movies. All he talks about is movies and TV and cartoons, and we think he watches too much, and we think that you should um, stop that, and, uh, you know, he needs to, um, you know, whatever, whatever it was that they suggested, um, and uh, and luckily my mom didn't listen to that at all, uh, and uh, she's, she had encouraged me from, from, from a very young age, so, so yeah. 
Nice. Uh, so, so what were you? What were you watching? Uh, li- what, what was little Adrian watching? I would uh, like, like, little... let's let's go. Like, what were you, like your your favorite movies? Like favorite TV shows growing up? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because we're we're in that same we're in that same age area, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, it should be a little. I mean, regionally, we'll we'll have different stuff, but I think we yeah. should still be really close together. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cartoon-wise, Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. that was like a, a, a seminal cartoon for me. That was, I remember the day it premiered. It blew my damn mind um, and still does. Uh, X-Men the Animated Series mm-hmm. from the 90s. The Spider-Man Animated Series from the 90s. Um, I also, my, I've got two brothers who are seven and eight years older than me. So I was exposed to all the 80s greats too, like uh, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers and all of that stuff. Um, uh, so those were my primary, uh, and reboot when reboot oh, came out, wrapping my pants thinking, Oh my God, this is the greatest like visual thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then, uh, and then movie wise, it was, uh, it was star Wars. It was James Bond specifically. Uh, we had a couple of the Sean Connery ones on VHS. So like Thunderball nice. watched them all a lot. Um, and Indiana Jones and, most of these I didn't actually own. It, they were all taped off of the Super Channel. So they were all, you know, like pirated. Um, so we just had a big pile of pirates. But pirated. we didn't call it pirating back then. No, of that, course it was not. just, oh, I just taped it. it was... Yeah, it was on TV and I just put it on a tape. And then it was, it was, it was great because, like, it would, the movie would always start, like, halfway through something else that was on the mm-hmm. tape before. You know, so it, that was always the, the, the fun of, uh, of that era. But, uh, um, but yeah, I think as, as kind of stereotypically as a kid that age, it was all the, those 80s Spielberg films and, uh, and the Bonds and, uh, and that kind of thing. Nice. What, what about now? Well, what you, uh, what, what you peeping now? What am I peeping now? Um, since my son was born, it's hard to keep up. There's just so much content, you know, like it's overwhelming. So I'm really behind. I'm catching up on Peaky Blinders right now. Um, which, uh, I just, I've been absolutely loving, um, Mandalorian, of course, as, as a Star Wars fan, I'm, I'm always up to date on my Star Wars. So, uh, Mandalorian, I'm enjoying about that last episode spoilers for episode four of the Mandalorian. Who cares? Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, what do you think? Like it was like, I kind of wanted a little bit more because it was seven samurai and I love seven samurai. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think what it was seven samurai, it was a tribute to Seven Samurai, and if if any if I have any complaints, it's just that it was a bit rushed. I think it's because yeah. of the length of the episodes. Yeah, I, I think if it would have been like two to three episodes, I think it would have been really, really good. Yeah, I think they probably banked on us all kind of knowing the trope of the, you know, like we get, we, we've seen this story so many times that it was kind of an assumption of like, well, we don't need to spend, you know, half an episode showing the villagers training and stuff. We can just kind of get, okay, jump ahead. They know what they're doing now. And, um, which, but yeah, it doesn't land quite as well as, as when you take your time with that, I think. Um, but I like the two, um, the, the, the two villagers, you know, who go and find the Mandalorian in the episode are a tribute to, I forget their names, but the, the, the two guys from, from seven samurai who, um, yeah, I, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Dang it. They were the inspiration for 3PO and R2-D2 when uh, George Lucas was writing the original. So anyways, I thought that was kind of neat. And I love me my baby Yoda. 
Oh yeah, everybody loves Baby Yoda. I mean, uh, everybody but me. Uh, <laughs> no. like, like here's here's the thing. Me yeah. growing up, like I read a lot of the books um that is no longer canon. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. I I loved like the non-force users. Me too. And like that's so like I that's why like Mandalorian was like, "Sweet, he doesn't know the force. We're not even talking about it." And then Baby Yoda comes and uses the force, and I'm just like, "No, no more force. No no that's more." Actually, why I really liked uh Rogue One. Yes. Uh, cuz I loved yeah, I loved that stuff too. I loved, you know, even in the old video games and stuff like that. I always liked seeing the the lived in sort of corners of the galaxy that you know the heroes are are not you know strutting around in that these are these are regular people mm-hmm. trying to survive i'm also i'm also kind of a fan of like the stormtroopers and stuff like right like uh reading about like the clone troopers and everything because like I, when like when episode two came out like all of those clone trooper books came out and right. so like my favorite is like the republic commandos and like it's just all basically these dudes like just all commandos like there's a jedi later who one of them falls in love with but it's very like not jedi it's very like these are just like trained soldiers going through and doing the war and i'm like man it's so good yeah there was a um a series of books i remember in the early 90s it was like the x-wing series i think yes Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that was awesome because that was like wedge and that kind of stuff and that followed and and like you're saying, like you're following like pilots, mm-hmm. you know, in this war as opposed to, you know, all the everybody's related and everybody can use the force thing. Yeah, and that bounty hunter trilogy that they came out with was really like the Star Wars bounty hunters, where it was like, this is how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. you know, just like stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, there's no Jedi at all anywhere yeah. mentioned here, and it's just like, yeah, this is just Boba Fett trying to get revenge on all these other bounty hunters that have started swooping in and yeah you know disparaging his name and everything since he was killed and yeah I'm like man that that type of stuff i love yeah yeah i would like i'm hoping the uh, cassian andor series that they're working on um you know the rogue one prequel mm-hmm. series i'm hoping that that can kind of stay in the realm of like the like the film was that yeah. that you know yeah same yeah i would love we, that we are nerds. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, growing up, you were you were very into you know the TVs and movies and everything. So, when did that kind of transition into acting? Um, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a like superhero origin story of a story, but um, I'll, I'll make it short. Uh, my I, mean, I got all day. I mean, you can go ahead. You know. <laughs> my family, uh, we had a. a trailable sailboat when I was a kid and we went uh, sailing out of uh, English Bay which is the, the big bay in Vancouver uh, and at English Bay in a park there uh, there is a uh, thing called Bard on the Beach which is a Shakespeare festival mm-hmm. and they have these huge tents almost like Cirque du Soleil uh, and they you, they have a, a whole season of Shakespeare through the summer that you, that you, you know, go and see um, and it's been a staple in Vancouver since the early 90s um, and, uh, it just so happens the boat launch was right next to there and we were coming back from a day of sailing. I'm eight years old and because it's the nineties, no one cares where I am. So I just wander off. Um, and I wandered, ended up wandering into the green room tent, uh, of Bard on the beach, uh, during a, 
performance of Hamlet. And so I, I went back and I saw, you know, these swords on the wall and these, you know, actors sitting in makeup wearing these elaborate costumes and there's armor and, um, and I was just like, oh my God, this is a gold mine. Like, what did I just stumble on? Um, and I remember the actor uh, was about to go on stage, was playing, you know, the ghost of, of Hamlet's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's wearing all this heavy armor and he's, he's made up to look dead. You know, he's got this, this pale skin and this big white beard. And, um, and I remember him going up the back steps backstage onto the stage and, uh, uh, and it's just, it was just so atmospheric. It was incredible. I just, I just, I wanted to be a part of it. And then, um, the guy who who organizes owns Spartan the Beach. Um, someone alerted him, probably one of the actors, to my presence, and he came and oh, hello, young man, let's find your family. And he walked me over to my family, uh, and uh, and he thought it, he was actually rather bemused by the fact that I was there. So he offered my family tickets uh, for the following night to come and see the play uh, if I wanted to see it. And I was like, hell yeah! So we went um, as a family and we saw Hamlet, uh, and I was just like completely enthralled like it's also where barden the beach is in vancouver like the the back of the tent is open and it's the backdrop of all of our north shore mountains which if you've been to vancouver seen pictures like it's really majestic um and so it's at sunset with this incredible you know beautiful stage in front of you and everything like it it completely changed my dna that night and i remember making the decision that night that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, and so from then on, I, my, so they have a little, they had a little like summer camp there where they teach kids to put, you know, learn Shakespeare and stuff like that. And so I, my parents signed me up for that and I loved it. Um, and I did that for many years. And then, uh, and then eventually through that, some of my instructors said, you know, you could do this professionally. Um, and they helped me find my first uh, agent and, um, and then it kind of all sort of slowly started from there. Nice. Oh, man, that's awesome. It, it makes me wish, like, man, I wish I would have grown up in a place where, <laughs> like, because it's Oklahoma and there's nothing. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's it. I'm like, man, I wish I would have grown up on one of the coasts. It would have been so much better. I wouldn't have gotten a start to everything so late. True, but you know what? Luke Skywalker, man, he was in the middle of the Dune Sea, you know? Some, some, and, and then look what he became, right? So, I mean, that, yeah, but he at least got to go to Tashi Station to do, you know, pick up power converters and stuff, man. You guys I, don't I, even I have a even Tashi go. Station? Oh, man. I think the Tashi Station was the equivalent of like their 7 Eleven. It's like, I gotta go get some batteries at 7 <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Spend $8 like, on a thing of batteries. Yeah, just as something to do. You know, now, now I want that series. I want like Star Wars, like in, you know, like it clerks ohio or something totally yeah yeah oh man so uh so did you uh so you took you know like so your basically classes were all like in the theater pretty much yeah so i started all theatrically and the the funny thing about that is that was a that was a problem when i started to try to do film work because all this theatricality was like you know, that's, they're like, no, you have to do less, 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 less. Um, and, uh, and it was really kind of, I felt it really was kind of, um, I don't know. It took, it was taking the fun out of it, (laughs) you know, like I didn't enjoy film at first. It felt like, well, this isn't what I signed up to do. Um, and, 
and it was it was a bit of an, a rough start for me in t- to trying to you know audition for film work. Um, and then I, I, I booked a, a large role on a on a show up here in Canada called Edgemont. It was like a high school show, and I booked a a pretty big role for the time. It was a recurring role, but um, yeah, I didn't know how to really reconcile what I loved about acting with the highly sort of technical aspects of working on a film set and also being so young and, and being on a big show, it was completely overwhelming. So like, I didn't really have, it was, it was nobody's fault, but I, I was just, I was so overwhelmed and I, I didn't have a great time. Um, and it was at that time that my mom made the suggestion to me that, you know, the, uh, the agency that I was with, they have a voiceover division. Do you, you know, what, what would you think of doing that? And, and it just kind of blown my mind. Cause you know, when you, I don't know, for me, when I was watching the Batman, the animated series, I didn't think about who was voicing the characters. Yeah. I didn't think about like when I watched film, I was like, okay, those are cool. Those are actors. And I want to do that. That's cool. But I just, it was just a given for me when I watched cartoons. I'm like, no, that's, that's the Joker. Like exactly, that's, yeah. That, like, that. That's the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do do you remember when like that first clicked to you that you know there was actually people voicing your like these characters? I don't know when it first clicked for sure, but like it really didn't set in until until I considered voiceover as a as a career, gotcha. uh, or as something to to aspire to, and 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 it really did open my eyes and and you know and kind of revisit a whole bunch of things and go wow like someone's someone's doing that as their job like that's the best thing in the world um so so yeah so then i i was very lucky too because at the time in vancouver i don't think there was a lot of um kids my age at this time i'm like probably like 12 or 13 and i don't think there was a ton of kids that age uh voice acting in the city so if they wanted an authentic sounding kid voice there wasn't a whole lot of talent out there, or at least, you know, people who had representation. So, so, uh, it was kind of a right place, right time kind of thing, I think in terms of, of, um, you know, getting an agent and, and that, but, um, uh, but yeah, so I signed with an agent who's still to this day, my agent and, uh, and friend and, um, mentor and, uh, and, uh, he sort of helped me over the years, uh, took, took a, it was a long haul. Like there wasn't a lot of resources back then. Like now, I mean, the internet wasn't, it was barely a thing. So like now you can, there's so many resources out there if you want to, you know, learn about voice acting or what it takes or what it entails. But it was this giant mystery and there was no classes to take. There'd be like one workshop a year that would come through town and it was just kind of a money grab anyways. Uh, And so I would go and audition and like fail a lot. Um, But, uh, you know, I would listen to what casting would say. So, you know, they wouldn't just say very often, they wouldn't just go, okay, thank you. Bye. They, they, cause maybe it's cause I'm young or what, but they would, they would actually take the time to go, well, you know what, next time, um, you know, your audition was very flat. So your voice sounded great, but, um, every line had the same emotion behind it. And when you're auditioning, you want to show a really good range of emotion so that the client knows that you could handle a whole series as this character with whatever it gets thrown at the character. And so like little notes like that would go like, Oh my God. Okay. All right. Next time I got to do this and I got to work on that. Um, and it took a couple of years. Uh, and then it was, uh, it was a straight to DVD movie, um, called, uh, the next Avengers, uh, heroes of tomorrow. And I was auditioning to play young Hawkeye. Um, and, something really clicked in my head. I read the script and I felt, 
I remember almost getting goosebumps when I read the audition sides and I went, man, like I know this, like this is Batman, the animated series. This is X-Men. Like this is that, that, that this is what I, I, I would sit on the edge of my seat watching as a kid. Like I, I, I get it and I'm invested in it. I can see it in my head, like everything my character is saying, the environment, uh, and, and, you know, and I think theater really helped with that all my theatrical training and that, that, you know, again, that imagination was fired up and, and I, and I was so excited just to do the audition. Like it wasn't about booking the job. It was like, I get to go in front of a microphone and lay these lines down as Hawkeye. And then, uh, I ended up booking it and that was my, that was my first, uh, animated gig. Nice. So like, we're like growing up, you know, with that Marvel, everything like you were like, heck yeah, I get to be Hawkeye. Oh, totally. Although the funny thing was at that time, when I booked Hawkeye, so I was probably about, so this is some years later, Hawkeye, I would have been about 18, I think, when I booked Hawkeye. And this is pre, you know, pre Hawkeye being, you know, cool. Hawkeye's still wearing yeah. purple. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye's wearing the purple. Mm-hmm. And like, although in this film he wasn't, but like when I was looking up who Hawkeye was and doing all the research, I was like, man, this is like a, this is a deep cut. Like this is a bar- bargain bin superhero at that time, right? Like nobody knew, you know, the average person on the street didn't know who Hawkeye was uh, or even Iron Man for that matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, so, so you started doing a lot of these things. So doing, you know, every, you know, um, so, cause you've done a lot of on-camera work and then you're also doing the voiceover. Um, this, this is going to be, this is going to be, you know, kind of a, a, a fun, weird question. Which do you prefer? Do, do you like doing the on-camera work or do you really like doing the, the voiceover more? It's, um, I'll tell you what the, the difference is, is that in film, I love it when I love the project and the character, you know, when I can really find something about it, um, to sink my teeth into like, what's the hook? What is it about this? Um, and sometimes it's just the project. Sometimes it's just a show that I'm just like, this show is friggin' awesome. Like I'll, I'd play anybody. <laughs> like I just want to be on this set and that happens sometimes. And that's amazing. Um, or sometimes it's like, Oh, this character, you know, when I was on legends of tomorrow, I got to play, uh, uh, a, you know, dastardly Nazi bad guy from the thirties and being a massive Indiana Jones fan. That was like, some of the most fun I've ever had on set. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I get to be that guy. Like I get to be the, the snot nosed Nazi who gets his ass kicked. Were you like, like, can, can I get my face melted off or pushed into a propeller please? Like that was yeah. great. Oh yeah. I got the fire at Tommy gun and I got my, I got beaten up and it, it was, my gun got, you know, whipped out of my hand and everything. Like it was, it was awesome. Um, so, so like that is super fun. Um, but just generally, you know, if it's just the sometimes film can be difficult if it's uh, if it's something you're not all that interested in or I'm, 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 you know, sometimes it can feel like work. It's very long days. You know, it's it's very, very long days. And um, if you're not passionate about what you're doing there that day, um, then, yeah, it can feel like a like a long day of work. Um, voiceover, uh, I have always felt like. You know, I don't know if I've ever, no, that's not true. I shouldn't say that, but that's maybe exaggerating a bit, but, um, almost always I, I love being in the booth regardless of what the project is or what the character is. Like, I just, I love that environment and you know, it's, it's a, 
amazing bonus if it's a really cool franchise uh, and an amazing character. Um, but it's like, you know, I, I also I do a lot of ads. I do a lot of commercial work and and I don't care. It can be for the most mundane product in the world. And I, I love being there in front of the mic delivering the, the dialogue. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's, let's kind of talk about some of your, your current VO stuff. Um, you, you've got the hollow, which season two next year, right? Yeah. 2020. Uh, I don't, I don't have an actual date. Um, but I want to say I saw something like, well, I say that, but I thought I saw something that was December, 2019, but obviously that didn't happen. So yeah. No, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely. I, like, yeah, part of me thought I, it was one of those blurbs that they put because, like, you know, sometimes like Netflix will be like, "Another season is coming." Um, I thought for sure it said like 2019, like December, but now it's just another season is coming again, and I was like, "Oh man." Yeah, it's definitely 2020, but I think I think I don't I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure it'll be the first half of 2020. Gotcha. So it shouldn't be too long a, a haul. So, so what is that like playing? Because you play Adam in that one. Yes. So you're yeah. definitely uh, a, a different type of character. Yeah, I liked Adam. Uh, th- this was one that I remember when I was auditioning for it, I really wanted to book it because he was such a he was such a hothead, and uh, and and. there was something about him that was like, I don't know, a young Clint Eastwood or something like that. Um, I I just, I, I I liked that the script had a ton of, um, it was dire. You know, if you've watched the first season, there's, there's a lot of great humor. There's a lot of goofy stuff, but it's very existential. And these characters are pondering their existence and whether they're dead, you know, half the time. Um, so it it was, it was a really interesting challenge to, to get to play that because in cartoons very often, um, very often you have to steer clear of negative emotions. So in your performance, you, you know, they'll go, you got to be angry, but that's too angry. You know, you're going to scare the kids or upset the kids or that's too sad. You're too upset. You can't, you can't go that far. Um, you got to pull it back a little bit. Um, and the hollow, that wasn't the case at all. You know, they really wanted the, this tension, um, and you know, Adam can be at times a very unlikable character, you know, and, and it, you know, he, he, he can be charming sometimes, but he can also, uh, you know, he doesn't always listen to his friends and he's definitely hard on Kai quite a bit and a bit hard um, on Kai, just a bit hard <laughs> yeah, on Kai. Yeah. Um, yeah, here I am always taking my character's side, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and normally in shows, I think they they would try to avoid showing that kind of a dynamic but that's the way it works with friends you know like sometimes you have a dominating personality and and but you know that that often leads to trouble right and so it's adam sort of goes through this journey of of you know just learning how to be a how to be a team player and how to uh you know how to be a good friend i guess yeah yeah and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun seeing what you know goes on in season two uh, I mean, you already know, but you know, for the rest of us, kind of like where Adam is going to go, because there's a, there's a lot of things that happen in season one that, you know, don't really get explored a lot. And I'm trying not to like do super spoilers for the hollow, even though it came out a, a bit ago, but, um, like there, there were some things that happened in season one that it's going to be cool if they can expand on those in season two. 
Yeah, there's the characters definitely. There's there's a I, what I can say very generally is uh, there's a ton of character development, and you continue to learn about these people as they continue to learn about themselves. Um, and narratively, this new season goes places that I've never seen a cartoon go. Period. So it's it's gonna be. I'm really excited for people to see it because it's it's yeah it's it's unlike anything I've I've ever done. It's 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 quite amazing. Nice. And and let's talk about you know your other Netflix property that you're on that is also very popular, The Dragon Prince. Yes, um, The Dragon. I will say I'm looking forward to season four um, to where hopefully you will have more than two scenes. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. But with Gren, it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes two's enough. It's just he, radi- <laughs> he radiates that gooey cinnamon roll energy and, you know. I know. Yeah. It was it was like definitely season one. And then, you know, season two, you were, you were locked away. Yep. And then you came back uh, episode one. And then you come back episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? As an actor, it's like, of course, as an actor, you go, man, I wish I was in every single scene in every single episode. But there's so much happening in The Dragon Prince. Yeah. You know, it's such a amazing tapestry of 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 lore and uh, and of, of different story threads and things like that. And, um, you know, do I hope that 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 Gren has 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 more to to contribute to the adventure in the future? Totally. But at the same time, I think um, I think, yeah, I, I love what he's done. You know, I love I love I love where he's uh, where he's been placed in the story. And um, and it's been very flattering uh, to see the response. Uh, from fans there's definitely a uh, uh, a lot of uh grand love out there i mean obviously i mean bro you got freckles i mean like... <laughs> he does have freckles um so has, has that been you know interesting watching like how popular that show has become yeah not a surprise though like i have to be honest i remember and i think a lot of the other actors have, have said the same um you know my first day my first episode I just the the energy in the room, the performances that were happening, the, all the the passion uh, on the other side of the glass from from the creators, the writing, like the art that you know yeah. I, I got to see. I just I knew I was like this. If people don't like this, then I don't know what they like. <laughs> what they're gonna <laughs> like because like this is this is something special. Um, so I'm, but it is very gratifying. You can't you can never take anything for granted in this. Um, you know, in this line of work, because I've also been a part of great things, or things that I thought were great that um, didn't get a great response, and then just kind of fizzled out, right? So, uh, it was it it was nice to have that confirmed when it came out, and and go, man, yes, okay, people connected with this in the same way that that we all did in the room. Nice. Um. So, I mean, you watched season three, I assume. I'm. I to be honest, I'm only halfway through it. I've got it because I, I with my. Uh, I mean, my you don't two- come back. Your character's don't. done. <laughs> he says, knowing that you've already recorded your lines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, was there a question? No, no. Yeah, I was just gonna be like, "What'd you think about this season?" But you ruined that, so thanks a lot, man. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. No, no. I. I mean, I love what I've. I love what I've seen so far. I mean, what what I have to say is that I absolutely. Um, 
I absolutely love the performances of my friends and castmates. Like it's, uh, that's the thing too, is getting to watch, um, you know, I don't sit in on sessions that my character's not in. Right. So, um, so, so much of it is, is a, is a surprise, um, when I'm watching it back and it's like, it's amazing. It's, I, I've known, uh, Jesse, uh, who plays Soren. I've, I've known him for God, almost 10 years now. Um, and, uh, and we've sort of come in and out of each other's lives. We did some theater together and things like that. But then, um, you know, getting to see his work on this show is, uh, it's just so humbling. I mean, it's just incredible. I think he's just, he's, he, uh, the, and, and it's, it's everybody in the cast. Uh, I'm just thinking of Jesse, uh, uh, specifically right now, but, um, just to see the work and the subtlety that he gives Soren that could just so easily be this like goofball, um, sort of character, but there's such depth to him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's incredible to, to get to kind of watch it unfold. Nice. Well, and that's the other thing. I can't just, you know, I, I can't just like leave it streaming in the background while I eat spaghetti and like feed my son. Like I, I, I need to like clear time yeah, so I can sit and like sit down and watch show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love that you guys still get to like still do like an actual like uh, in room. You guys kind of go off of each other. Like so you get all of, you know, each other's acting and energy. And that's how you guys, um, you know, record your dialogue I, I love that you guys do that because that's definitely something that doesn't really happen anymore like right very very rarely do you even record with somebody else in the room and you right. guys like you get like the entire group together and are able to record that and i i think that's i still think that's so cool it is so cool. It makes you, it definitely makes you elevate your game as an actor too. So like while you're working, you know, you're connected uh, with your scene partner, but then, you know, there's a lot of waiting around in between scenes you're not in. And uh, what's amazing is, is being in that room and having all these amazing performances happening. You know, you're engaged the whole time. You don't, you're not just spacing out on your phone, waiting for your, you know, waiting for your scene. You're just, you're in it. Like it's, it's almost like theater, you know, and then, then your scene comes and you're still there. You're, you're, and, and, you know, you, you saw whatever everybody else brought to the table and you're like, Hey, Oh man. Okay. I gotta, you know, I want to bring it. Um, which is, uh, it's all, and everybody's just great too. You know, like I, I, it's, you know, some of the, some of us cast have gotten to, to travel together and do some conventions and, um, yeah, you've got one coming up, uh, sack anime in January, right? That's right. And, uh, are you going to be there? Uh, That's five hours away, man. Oh, see, I don't know. I don't I mean, know these I things. mean, I did go to Atlanta, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's a valid question. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. I've never been to Sacramento. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe you gotta check it out. Maybe. I mean, I'm trying. You know, I've I've got feelers out there for Vancouver too. So you know, maybe you know a Bardell thing. That yeah, I'm trying to get you know. To actually go to the studio and actually be like, "Hey, show me how you do things." So that would, and I, I bet they would be super receptive. Bardell's amazing. Everybody there's so like, I mean, like I've been I've been to DreamWorks, um, which is huge, and I've been to Tyco, which is which is very small. Like it was basically like a house, um, right? But they 
produced a short that was nominated for an Oscar. So it's like, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you're at. Like, you can produce good content no matter where. So I'm just like, you know what? I mean, I, I wonder how Bardell is. So, yeah, so I, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm working with everybody, so hopefully we can make it actually happen. Because I'm yeah. like, man, I, I, plus I've got a passport and I've never used it. So <laughs> I want to be like, <laughs> yeah, yes, man, I've got on one up. stamp and it's Canada. Canada, come on up, man. It, it, well, have a blast. Oh, man. So, Adrian, thanks so, thanks for so much for coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me, dude. Oh. Uh, it was so awesome. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Uh, do you have anything? Yeah, make it easy. Uh, do you have anything upcoming that uh, you want to share with everybody that you're allowed to share? Any upcoming oh, projects? Oh man, I have something that is so exciting, and I'm like, I'm so excited about, and I cannot oh, like, I those I, are I the cannot worst. say. I know, and it's it's big and it's awesome, and I'm uh, so just. Um, when I'm allowed to say anything about it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I will plaster it all over social nice. media and stuff. So, um, so just keep an eye on my, on my pages yeah, and speaking things. Speaking of uh, social, what's your social stuff? It's, uh, it's all, I think it's all just Adrian Petru. I just make it easier for, for people. So it's, uh, Instagram, Twitter, it's, it's, it's an Adrian Petru. Nice. And we'll put, we'll put your, um, social media links in the show notes. So if you guys want to follow Adrian, all you have to do is just click on the show notes. Um, we'll put all those there. You can just click on them and follow them from there. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can also go to YouTube and type in Animation Station Podcast. We're putting up all of our episodes there as well. Adrian, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. It, it, it was, this was really fun. Anytime, Josh, man. I'd love to, you know, anytime. If you want to have me back anytime, oh, yeah, dude, we can it, talk about whenever, nerd stuff. You're, you're um, welcome on you know. whenever you want to. You want to, If something comes out and you want to, you know, um, you know, promo it, just hit me up. We'll make time. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, oh, man. No problem. So, for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. And I'm Adrian Petru. Bye, everybody. Bye. That was perfect. You didn't need any prompting, anything. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs>